Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope, and I'm your host, Rory Hearn. Delighted. Today, it's a looking back at 2022, looking forward to 2023. Might be listening to this over your Christmas um, break when uh, all the shit hits the fan and you've had enough for the relatives and the whole lot, um, and you want to go out for a walk. Joined by the inimitable, the one and only fact check, Tony Groves, Echo hey, Chamber, producer of Reboot, wonderful man. Yeah, um, listen, yeah, crazy can, jumper. Rory, yeah, I've, 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 I'm wearing my Christmas jumper. I'm disappointed you, you, you haven't made the effort. But nonetheless, I do want to say to you, I did wear I did wear the Santa hat to my kids training there the other day. Fair play to you, pal. And actually, you mentioned 2022. What a year. Rory, what a year! Like, I mean, like uh, we can we can probably we probably spend hours if we were to try and pick it apart. But if I was to say to you, maybe we start. Will we start with a low? Oh, go go on. We just start. I don't know big moments or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you or... give me, but you give me some. Give me something that springs to mind immediately when you say twenty twenty two. Because I could, you know, I, I could talk all day about if if I was to say for Rory, what changed was was obviously. Opportunity, hard work made opportunity in a way, and that, yeah, that there's personal, of... there's personal, and the societal. I exactly at a, at, a, at a societal level, I would think that for me straight away, what comes to mind is the highest levels of homelessness ever in exactly. this country. Um, I think the highest rents ever, highest house prices ever. Um, so I think there is something in. I feel that we reached such lows in housing by breaking those records. My hope is that in that, you know, when we look at the raise the roof protest towards the end of the year, you know, what housing associations are trying to do in building housing and local authorities and people, everyone speaking out about it, blind boy, you know, Liam Cunningham, you know, it's my sense is um, the mood has changed in terms of people. And obviously, we had COVID for two years, the previous two years, in terms of kind of putting a lid on the discussion and debate and opposition around housing. So I feel my I feel at one level we hit the lows and I hope we hit the lows of housing in 2022 and the 2023 will be the turn. I think it's a nice day. It's nice to frame it that way, but it's very hard to to see that right now when you look at all the economic indicators and people are really struggling out there. They are really struggling. I mean, this like we we are like we can talk about the economy booming, but when you look at the actual consumer confidence indexes and the spending that's going on into Christmas and how people are actually struggling to, you know, they're all afraid of their bills at the moment. It shows that there's a there's a, there's a society that is on its knees. Yet we also know the government still hire have a lot of cash to run and, and they are terrified of being electorally decimated if they don't start to fix that. And maybe. Here's my thing to you, and I'll say to you, and you might you might feel I'm a bit unfair, but maybe now that Fianna Fáil have the keys to the Department of Finance, uh, some of the investment that needs to be happening in housing won't be as reticent because we know the SRI told um, Pascal Donahue he needed to borrow to build, and he ignored it. In fact, he undermined that his department undermined that recommendation, and you recall that they we we, we spoke about it on the mm, podcast. We, did, we had we, we had one of the individuals who helped write the recommendation on the podcast, and they were you know they were blatantly undermined. Maybe you're right that 2023 is the year that that changes but 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 
the guy who oversaw us going from 1,500 people homeless to now over 11,000 people homeless is back in charge overall. And I put, I think that's a worry. Yeah, I think it's the political landscape is fascinating on one level in that, you know, there's an impression of change, you know, a change of Taoiseach, a change of government even. And yet on, on a fundamental level, the policies are continuing. But on another level, I again kind of think I kind of push back to hope you're right in first in, in the first and the other thing of, of I think of 2022 was the cost of living crisis uh, that you mentioned there, you know, the cost of inflation, gas, electricity, and who was hit by that. And I think there is no doubt that we became a much more unequal country in 2022. And when you look at it, and it's like, I was looking at this, actually it started in 2021, the deprivation figures. Well, it started in 2019, but COVID sort of plastered over some well, of it. Well, it did, yeah, but yeah, but the acceleration or the, the deepening of our inequality, um, I think, you know, it's when you look at the deprivation figures, and I was looking at them from the, the CSO, you know, doubling amongst renters, doubling amongst lone parent households in the last year. Um, that was Gr- growing by 60% in people who are working. Yeah, in, in, in like there is a real um, bifurcation um, of the economy in that of society and the economy in the, this gap between those who are on very high wages, very high incomes, have wealth backgrounds, and those who are literally in survival mode. And they cross a class, they cross across the social classes in the sense of a lot of middle class people, working people are really struggling, particularly if they have high costs like childcare, um, you know, the, the basic cost of bills. Like I was doing the shopping there the other day and, and a little for the Christmas shop and I was blown over. Like it is definitely twice yeah. what it was last year. So um, food inflation is still running about 16% on the month. And like, there's no two ways about it. We, that is, that's, that's and, and, and then Tony, like, you know, you look at the Capuchin um, cues for the, you know, yeah. the Capuchin Center, um, Brother Kevin set it up in, in the 1971, I think, 72. Mm. And they said they have never, ever had as much demand as they do now. And you go, something deeply structurally broken and wrong in our country. Well, well that's what they put that in context, because the day before the Tonsha re took the Taoiseach's office, he posted the graphic showing that we were the second biggest, you know, uh, most richest country in the EU below Luxembourg, who happened to be in the same game as we are, by the way, yeah. folks. But but uh, he posted that. So it does speak to this two-tier economy. To, like There's, there's 300,000 people employed in those industries and the tax servicing industries, and they're, and they're doing very well. And they've, and they've got the years of power and they're doing very well. But they, but during COVID, we needed the retail workers. We needed the, the doctors, the nurses. We needed people to deliver the food. We need all of those. And now they're all really struggling. We're bloody well. We're all struggling. I can tell you, you know, we've had a disastrous year as because we rely on, in, as, a, as a Patreon model, you rely on people to actually yeah. use their little bit of disposable income and they don't have it. So I can, so I can tell you, we're all feeling it. And yet, Rory, there is a hope that because what they actually really are afraid of is losing power. And maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. There is and, a change and I was there. Struck, I, I was struck by um, 
I think it was Fintan O'Toole's article uh, just last week describing an interview with Leo Varadkar somewhere where he accepted that they made mistakes with austerity and that maybe they shouldn't have cut as much as they did. Um, and that's the first time I've heard any acknowledgement. I'm not saying in any way he agrees with what he's actually saying himself, but the fact that he's saying it, and there is no doubt that the political you know, thinking has shifted, um, and not just in Ireland, in, in certain countries, um, you can see it that, you know, there's an acceptance that the neoliberal approach utterly failed. So even the recent podcast I did with Sean Keyes there, you mm-hmm. know, he was accepting that, you know, aspects of neoliberalism, the deregulation didn't work. And the question of what replaces it is not yet figured out. And, and yes, the state is stepping in, but it's not stepping in in a structured way. And no, when we look at, for example, health is the other area. That, it's, that's, it's, when it comes to, can we stick to housing for a second? They're going to yeah. throw lots of money at housing next year. They're going to look at projects that were shoveled ready and developers are saying, we'll stand off. The state, the state are going to actually subsidize even more than they've already well, I, I Well, Tony, I hope they do because they will. They absolutely but, will. But and, and, there's no change in the budget allocation. No, but, but but Rory, they've already. They, what was it this week? This year, underspent by over nearly six hundred million in housing yeah, but alone. Six hundred million, million is it's not, not going to build. It's not going to build. The, the, like it's twelve billion is what you need as a yeah, budget. Yeah, well, well, as you mentioned earlier, the ESRI report recommended seven billion. Yeah, that's and they, what and, they said, and and they said, and they said, borrow it and build it. That's what they said. And they we did, could, and, and you have to, as you you know, we highlight in this that you know there's a four billion annual allocation mm. to housing. Um, one billion of that goes to the landlords in terms of subsidies. And, uh, Another half a billion goes to various, you know, infrastructure supports and, and aren't actually building. There's in the region of about two billion now going to actually capital funding, but that needs to be six to eight billion. Yeah, it's a huge shortfall. It's a tremendously huge shortfall. But, but they will, but they will sell the narrative that they're throwing money at things, and I do feel that. The one positive is that because the social movement now is growing and you can see it in Katu and the tenants union. And as I described, it's in lots of places, raise the roof, the, you know, the, the pressure for the right to housing referendum with home for good people like blind boy, all those uh, which add their voice to it. And the general acceptance, you know, as, as Leo Fradker said in his uh, acceptance, he put housing number one and said, maybe we need to look at new ideas and we need to accelerate housing for all. Um that the entire state, because it isn't just government, it's the local authorities, it's the housing, you know, the Department of Housing, it's the Land Development Agency. They all have to feel pressure. They all have to feel like, crap, we're not doing enough. We need to do more and we need to accelerate it. That's when you start to see change. Yeah, uh, like uh, it's I agree. And I think going looking at 2022, you know, some of these conversations we had seven years, five years ago when we were talking about when we started these podcasts and we were talking about, you know, X local authority building zero. And we see it again this year, 17 local authorities building zero in the first six months. And they know now that when you say it now that actually, oh, shit, we, we don't want to be on that list next year. Yeah. Whereas five years ago, it didn't really matter all that much either. It, does that make sense? Yeah, that, no, that, it does. Absolutely. So, so, so you're pushing into at least now whereby... You know, you've had statements from the the new T shock that that 
or anthema to his um, previous declarations. I mean, he said under Owen Murphy that he was proud of of the work that they had done on um, what was the previous Rebuilding Ireland. Rebuilding they were, Ireland. They, they yeah. were proud of that work and they weren't ashamed of it. And he wasn't embarrassed and he was proud of it. Uh, and you know this kind of rhetoric of 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 how he how they were going to do it. Yes, there's been a change of language. But that doesn't mean it's going to change in delivery. And you, and you point at health. I mean, health is in its worst situation that we've seen on, on records like now. And, you know, and they're already now saying, oh, well, you know, flus and colds and COVID. It, podcast four months ago, Anthony, since this was any four months ago, any bad week on trolleys was as bad as anything we had during the COVID. So they've known. They just simply go back to the situation whereby it's stage management. I don't know if you saw it yesterday. The, the video that the new Taoiseach did where he said, you know, I hit the ground running and it's two minutes of him doing nothing. It's walking across the road. It's it's music playing as if he's uh, some sort of rock star. It's signing things and then it's waving at, at outside limousines in effect. And he said, I hit the ground running. And he just thought to himself, oh, my God, it's all political theater. So let's not be drawn into that. Like, let's make sure that when they make when they say things that Dara O'Brien is actually then turning around and saying, well, actually, this this additional, as you said, Rory, this additional um, 400 million I have isn't going to cut it. I actually need an additional two. And actually, it's 400 million I should have spent last year. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, like, I, and and don't let them get away with the fact that they're going to hit their target this year, and 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 neglect the fact that they missed them last year. So all they're doing is basically balancing but, the. But even their own model is broken now as well, because yeah. they were they put all the eggs in the the investor fund basket from 2013, 2014 onwards to provide the main form of new housing supply, and their social housing was even dependent on developers building through part five and actually you know, developing um, social housing as well, that they would lease off them. And now that the investor funds appear to be cooling off in terms of their interest. Now, they're, they're obviously there. You can see anything new being built in Dublin, for example, is all mainly being bought by investor funds. Mm-hmm. But they're, in terms of new development, and that's why we're seeing the new starts falling, um, because they're going to go on and on and bang on about you know how great they're going to reach whatever it is twenty seven twenty eight thousand new units this year, um, and of course a substantial proportion will be investor fund unaffordable ones, but um, they're the new starts are falling mm. because of economic uncertainty, the interest rates rising, inflation costs, um, people not being able to get mortgages in the same way, the the investor funds getting cold feet. And the thing about the investor funds, and I was quite struck in the my debates with O'Flynn, the developer was, he was arguing for them. And I was kind of like, what, what interest has he got in them? Like, you know, he's 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 just a developer down in Cork and stuff. And then he was, of course, saying that, well, they now don't get funding from banks anymore. Mm. They get funding from equity, global equity and real estate funds. But, uh, like, you so it's think- not just that the real estate funds are buying up units. They're also controlling the financing of developers building what you might call general homes for sale. We we were hugely opposed to the state handing off uh, O'Devney Gardens site to Bartra at the time, if you recall. We, yes, we, we, we across indeed. across this podcast platform, we 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 held several rallies. We held put, put you know connect the organisations, and we tr- Bartra Capital financed a lot of their money by using the the cash for visa scheme. 
They have on their website, one of their main links they'll bring you to is if you're a wealthy non-EU citizen, invest in these. We will build so we will build social and affordable homes with them and yeah. you will get access to the EU market as a wealthy businessman. Yeah. When you think about that, it's like we had this conversation previously where they're saying, you know, when you when you listen to a new car ad, you might see this new Volkswagen X, Y and Z and it'll say Volkswagen Bank is, is, is covered by the Central Bank of Ireland. The finance is where the money's made, not the car. Yeah. Um, and it's the same yeah. with these issues now where they're looking at it and that's how the, these are being financed, Rory. And you're right to say that 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 that, that well, I, I disagree that they're nervous. I just think they understand that this is where it's going. And we can make we can make just as much money probably sitting in our hands at the moment for a while. We can hang on. We don't need, you know, we we, we don't need to expose ourselves to to any of this. So I don't think, and and maybe if we if we do that, sure the government will 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 collapse and give us a few tax more tax breaks or some more incentives. I think it's just brinkmanship, and I, I genuinely think that that's that's what a clever um, fund manager would do. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I I do think that they're. You know that they're definitely retaining their interest in buying up property. It's just in terms of the funding of new delivery, they appear to be. They're definitely well. The starts are falling, and, and you know, talking to people in in the industry, they're saying it quite clearly that they're not getting the finance and backing of new projects. Which, of course, comes on to, I think, one of the kind of things I feel positive about is some of the arguments that myself and others have been making and we've been making here and have you know wrote written about like for example the state construction company are getting you know traction and people mm. are saying why are we not doing that and when we look at potential layoffs of building workers um like again you know you're back to this boom bust cycle and you go the obvious thing is we need a public you know construction company um and and I feel that you know there's ideas like that that have grown and, and even the universal support now for the state needs to build more social housing and affordable housing. That's a new consensus. That's a new way of thinking that didn't exist two or three years ago, no. even two years ago. Five years ago, you were called a mad communist for suggesting it. Still am. Yeah, but my, but no, <laughs> no, I no, no, but, no, but, no, no, but, no, but absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, no, there was, it literally, we, these ideas that we've been discussing and talking about, not reinventing the wheel. We're talking, we're looking at something like the Vienna model on certain aspects and all of that. I get that. So, but can we just take it back then to, to the year that was? It's been a really, you're right. I'm glad you led with the, the abysmal performance and homelessness. But some of the things that, that, that have actually come off the end of that is, an eviction ban that wasn't that they couldn't do. They've now done twice. Yeah, right. All of these things that they couldn't That's do. The third time they've done it. Yes, the third they time actually, during COVID, COVID and, and now and and now and they know that they'll probably have to extend it into twenty twenty three because there's nowhere available for people no. to go. There's no. absolutely no capacity, and they're not producing the units. And they 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 know this. And you know if you were if you were saying and this this myth of let's all worry about a landlord I, I, and this is one thing that you know that did bother me in 2022 was the the continual hearing from the landlord who you know has a wants to sell wants to do this landlord can't not get the same tax breaks as the REITs not getting the same tax deals as these investor funds and very little heard about the what was it at one stage was it four people per hour ringing threshold yeah yeah, getting no, notice quits. There's yeah, a huge. There was a very there. strange. There was a very strange. I th I thought that too, towards the second half of 2022, this real 
entry of this narrative of the poor landlords, you know, there. And, and in part, it was an understandable response to people going, oh, evictions are happening. Homelessness is rising because landlords are leaving. Therefore, we need to go look at why are landlords leaving? What can we do to keep them in the market? That was the rather than going, OK, landlords are leaving. What can we do to stop people being evicted? to keep them in their homes. And they did. And another thing that they did was they made it kind of basically that local authorities can buy um, and housing associations can buy a unit off a landlord where the tenant is uh, potentially becoming homeless. And that wasn't really being done. And that is now available. It's still not being done enough. Um, But that is an example of a positive solution that, again, you know, is there, but is the government really promoting it? But anyway, the thing about the narrative about the landlords is that there was like this, um, this it, it's again, who has access to power, who has access to the, the media, who is the ones influencing it? Because there was, you know, that as it was pointed out, like, you know, the, the homeless landlord who got uh, the interview that, on TV3. That was and, and staggering. Were, you know, TV3, RTE and the Irish Times within and, within 18 hours. Within 18 hours. And and of course, that was a personal particular challenge that they were facing. Absolutely. But I actually, I actually disagree. I think. But anyway, but I no, sh- they were in, in their own situation, right? Yeah, but, but they shouldn't the, have been a landlord. But the fact that, you know, not one homeless person hmm. has been brought on these, you know, media channels to give their story when there are thousands and thousands, as we said, 11,000 experiencing this, this was one landlord. Mm. And you're just going, there's something wrong there. There's something that the, and I think that's what we need to reclaim back in 2023 is tenants, landlords' properties are tenants' homes. They're yeah. tenants' homes. They, can't, they have nowhere else to go to. And I think a big win we could get in 2023 would be to get that, ex, that eviction ban extended for at minimum another year and i think it's very possible i think it's one of the key things we have to achieve that and the right to housing referendum which i hope we will get also um but they would be two big things to get next year um and i think an acceleration an actual increase in funding going to housing associations and local authorities to build um new social and affordable housing I think. Very possible. And the other thing I think to get that is we'll need uh, we'll need to raise the roof. We'll need a big social movement that goes across society. And hopefully we'll have days where every town and city in the country is has thousands of people out. You know, yeah, we, uh, like, we, 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 we need, need the waters type. Numbers. You know, protests and numbers. Absolutely. We do. And we need to, people to get. And that, but that's. I think that I actually think that that's possible in the next in the next um I actually think it's possible as early in the first quarter of 2023. I yeah. but but I just want to talk a little bit about some of the disaster that 2022 was societally. You know, the highest number of of wait, on waiting list ever, the highest rents ever, the highest um level of homelessness ever and yet on the back of that, you know, we've Excuse me, we've also got the highest number of people at work ever, the highest number of people of working age ever, the lowest number of um we've recovered all of the, the losses, and I'm doing air quotes for folks who are at home, uh, that we, we experienced during the um global financial crisis. Banks are in profit, not paying taxes. Um, we're looking at all of these things that have happened. The imbalance, I think, I think 
people are starting to realize and actually say, stop telling me it's great out there with these headlines. You know, you've never had it so good. Remember, I mean, I think it was early 2022, Pat, Pat Lee had an article in the Irish Times saying we've never had it so good. And um, the facts don't bear it out. People's lived experiences of, of a majority of households are actually worse off, even if there is, as I said, that 300,000 cohort that are doing quite well out of the yeah. the, the current well, system. Well, it goes back to what the point I made earlier, that 2022 saw inequality increase significantly in this country, that gap between mm. those who have access to income and wealth to get through this cost of living crisis and those hit harder, largely in the rental sector, um, you know, and on low incomes, lone parents, people with a disability. Well, um, travelers again, hit again. Across, across the board. And I suppose the other side of it is it's always important to show hope as well. Yeah. Um, as we, we do. And the other side of the, you know, bits, bits of hope that were there during the year was, I think, you know, like the Raise the Roof campaign, those protests, very, very hopeful. And um, there was a lot more visibility of the likes of the Irish Traveller movement, of travellers in, in, in the media, in not nowhere near enough on mm. social media, you know, in community action um, that is, you know, asserting very clearly, you know, their rights and their space and their right to dignity. You know, that was positive. I think that there was, you know, around you know, things like the, I was talking to um, Sean McCabe there uh, in, yeah. in a recent podcast, who's the climate justice officer with Bose, you know, the, the cooperative idea, this idea of, you know, we need to develop alternative economics based around people and cooperation. And I think cooperatives are coming back as an idea particularly around sustainability. And I think there is a real, um, a growing rejection of our neoliberal capitalist model that is based around constant consumption, inequality. Um, and I've been really struck by the amount of young people who refer to late stage capitalism yeah. <laughs> as being the, the situation we're in. And these are not Marxists or whatever. Or these are just, this is the phrase in their head. They're like, and, and there is something about that, us understanding that we're in this period of massive, massive flux. You know, you've got climate change, you know, you've got, you know, unprecedented inequalities. We've got our housing crisis, you know, we've got, you know, migration, refugees that we need to support. You know, the, the world is changing and we've got a generation and generations who are, you know, see things very, very differently. Um, and have grown up through austerity, grown up through economic crisis, grown up with climate, uh, the climate emergency. And I feel that, you know, they are the hope for me. The hope is their values, which don't look at, at, at their life purpose being, how do I make money for myself? They I look think- at it as, how can I live a good life and how can I contribute to society and the environment around me? Yeah, I, I think I actually the 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 new series musicals we did did a brilliant thing on self and the neoliberal self and how it wants you to see yourself as that atomized money making economic unit. And I I saw today 
um, taking bookings. You have to apply for membership for February 2023 in Dunleary, a co-living space, niche living for €1,880 a month to effectively live in a hotel room um, with a work from home desk. But WFH here in this in this aspect means work from hotel. Yeah. And, uh, and we can't we have to push back. And I do think you're right. There's a lot of there's a lot of hope that that idea is the values, as we've spoken about. I do think the values have switched. I do think the values have changed. And I will say one thing that I disagree with you on, though. You were saying that renters have been been hit really hard. Absolutely, they have. But one thing we also have to tap into is that when you look at that silk report that you referenced from the CSO, six out of seven households are feeling it really as well. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. and, and of course, the seventy-five uh, percent of twenty to twenty-nine year olds who are stuck living at home with their parents and emigrating now, mm-hmm. and and that is you know one of the lows of 2022 for me is that return of forced emigration um, yeah. and now because of housing and that deeply upsets me um, and and one of the assertions back are you know is that I, I'm not accepting this emigration as just something as a lifestyle choice or something that we just accept as part of the Irish condition it is absolutely traumatic and we should not accept that as being a forced loss and grief on our communities and people across the country but um you know, and, and I think that it's really important and we will have a podcast with um, young people, people in their 20s and 30s uh, in the coming year and um, next yeah. year around hearing their voice because their voice needs to be put into central to this. Um, and it is about bringing voice and converting that to social change, which is, you know, people need to get active. People need to get stand up. People need to, you know, there's huge the hope comes when we act together and when we take action. That's where the hope comes from. Yeah. And that's where I hope 2023, I believe it will. <coughs> can I, I take, can I take, can I take, can I take a little moment then as we wrap this uh, and say, um, on a personal level, thanks for all the work we did this year. You did a phenomenal amount of work. I know it's been, you know, it's, it's, I think, I think like when we, we were kind of going through how, would this actually make impact? You know, a few years ago, we you you were uncertain. Like, let's. Yeah. Uh, I was much more. Uh, let's let's stick. Let's keep throwing that that uh, mud at the wall and let's see what sticks. And you were uncertain, but here here we are now, nonetheless. And the amount of work that's gone in. It's that awful phrase. After years of work, you're an overnight success. So, uh, but I do want to say thank you to to you and everybody who's contributed to Reboot Republic. It, it's been a important. I would say foundation stone to, to the work in the wider area. And I mean that genuinely. And I'm, that's not saying that the work that I've done is important. It's not, it's, I'm just, I'm just a facilitator, but the work that, that it's done is that it's actually given people, some people the tools to go and say, well, hang on, actually, I disagree with that because I know I've listened to this thing and I have the, yeah. I, I now have yeah. the, I now have the, the words and the resources to challenge that narrative. And that was really important. And it broke through. I think I on one I was looking at one like the last quarter like the listenership it's flying all of these people are sharing listening liking enjoying and we are grateful for everybody who does that uh, and it is it is worth like I people come up to me and say you know oh I was listening to your podcast and I really you know was struck by that and and you know people are listening and we have literally thousands of listeners to every episode so thank you to the listeners for listening and for sharing and and you know, for making this a podcast that does have impact and, and that, 
you know, is a place, as you say, Tony, where people go to for ideas and, and for hope and for listening to, you know, the analysis of what is the reality, but also the hope. And that was, you know, your idea, you know, and, and coming to me, you know, back uh, five years ago, five years but, you know, ago can now, yeah. you do something that, you know, would because you were struck by how I was trying to talk about solutions. And, I, and... I knew that you were the right guy in our kitchen, if you recall. We were down in the kitchen downstairs and we and you were talking about something. And I went and, and I said it to you and you said, and you said, that sounds good. Who do you want to do it? And I said, you. <laughs> and, yeah, and you went, oh, and I went, no, you are the guy. We yeah. just needed to work on that. But but no, you're just look, it's a. It's it's great, I think, and it's 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 lovely when you go out to places and people do credit, you know, credit you, and, and you get get that work. But it's also more important on the back end that it's having that impact. Can, in Tony, to finish, yeah, can we survive in twenty twenty three? As a platform, we are really struggling. There's no two ways about it. We are really, really, really hand to mouth. It's you know this, Rory. It's been very hard. Um, we will, we will have to make some tough calls, maybe in quarter one, and that's the truth. But I don't think we could give up trying to make the difference we just hope more more people will help us as we try to do it because you know when you've got when you see listenership up by 42 percent you know in in, on on a six-month window and you're thinking yet support has gone off a cliff understandably i'm not judging people people are struggling and just to explain to listeners like the 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 podcast you know it's tony's full-time job mm. it's cost to host in platforms and on servers and you know it costs to put out there and very significant cost because of the number of downloads and listens we have and be, and because we we don't we do still to this day maintain that we have this ability to because we're not behooven to other editorial control you can have those conversations and you know you can have you don't feel like rory have you ever felt like you've had to pull punches no no and that's no. the and that's the reality in terms of giving analysis and the truth no yeah. absolutely not and, no. and i suppose it's the thing about though there's a reality though if yes you know if patrons if we don't have enough patrons people who contribute every month that that doesn't cover the costs of this plus you know the cost of running it the cost of your time the cost of running it then it's not viable and, and we can't do it. And, and the options are you go to a platform, a podcast platform, um, and you know, what does that mean? And listeners, you know, that might upset some listeners, but if the reality is the choice is we continue or we fold, then we might have to make some tough choices and do things that we don't want to do, but keeps keeps this space going we are absolutely going to be trying to fight tooth and nail to keep the show on the road there's no two ways about it 2023 we haven't given up after five six years of this now we're not giving up but we may have to make some tough choices and that's the truth but let's let's end on a hopeful note we have seen some phenomenal work done this year we've seen incredible um changes i mean i got a lovely message from someone privately to talk about some of the some of the things that you know stories that we've helped shape narratives that we've helped break and and um and i mean narratives we've helped break as in things that people have said and we've been able to change that narrative yeah. by by actually yeah. as you said giving that and that, and that stuff matters rory it does know? it does and listen um you know we have kept podcast after podcast and you can go back through them hundreds and hundreds this year yeah. of hours of solutions of hope and of ways forward and that's what we'll keep doing and that's what we'll hang on to and just a quick plug for I did a podcast with Emily Duffy on how to talk to yeah. relatives and others about 
taking on the how's our own first uh, anti-refugee narrative around housing well worth the listen it was it was um, great i i got to listen back to it this morning so it was a lovely listen and it's out at the, on the patreon feed now it'll be out for all of you before christmas folks yeah and listen we hope everyone has a, a peaceful and healthy uh, break over christmas and we will see you in talk to you in the new year where we will be back again yeah. um and yeah thank you everyone and we will keep plugging away for a more equal sustainable social year in 2023 housing for all homes for all um looking forward to it thanks tony no worries thanks very much we'll talk to you all very soon take care bye-bye